Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of March 7th, 2023. We are in the middle of March Madness. Or I guess, is it really March Madness if it's not the actual tournament? It is. I'm of the opinion that it is not March Madness until the first four. So technically, no. But it is March. It is March. We sleep in April, as according to what's no, his no. face. No, no. sleep in May. Sleep in May. Oh, that's right, because it goes to April. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a long time. Like the tournament ends in the beginning of April. Like, what what are we doing for the rest of of April? Then I don't I don't get it. Watching college baseball. Uh, we got to get you through all the Eurovision songs because they're starting to come out now. Sure. Uh, as we go forward in the podcast, by the way, we will be doing uh, some live Eurovision song reactions from Kamish. <laughs> so okay. that when we get so when we get to May, he already knows his songs, has his favorites, whatever. The problem I was running into, oh, first off, let me introduce people before I go to my first hey, rant. you remembered without someone hey. having to remind you. I get a cookie this time. You should get a cookie for that. With me tonight, I have Commissioner Escalante and Pit Girl. Pit Girl, what's up? Hello. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Commish, how you doing? Doing good. Just, you know, tired like normal. The kiddo had his, his field day today, so we... We were at his school instead of just enjoying a nap after we drop him off from school. We had to go back. Uh, and so it was fun, though. I got to watch him run around. Uh, <laughs> I got to see him do a sack race, you know, like full speed race, stuff like that. He he won a bunch of uh, I think there was like like four events for his class and he finished fourth in every single one. Of them. Consistency. Very consistent. So maybe maybe a future decathlete. I don't know. You know. Very consistent in the sack race, the softball throw. Uh, he did not do too well in the. I guess they had the balance uh, plastic egg on a spoon. He was. Oh yeah. Not that not that great there, but otherwise it, it was great. I'm just again very tired. You two could probably see it in my eyes and and everything like that. But you know, imagine that in your head, just somebody with very sleepy eyes podcasting to you right now. <laughs> My kid finally decided he was going to go down the street, all the way down to the stop sign at the end of the street and on his scooter. He has this really cool little like three wheel scooter. It's And the way it controls is that it's like a skateboard. You lean on the, the, the pad and it turns that way. So he's gotten pretty good at it. He's doing little tricks where he lifts one foot up all the way up. It's like, oh, look at me. I'm on one foot. It's so cool. But we've never been down that far. And there's this gap in the sidewalk where one of the, the two slabs don't line up properly. It's about three quarters of an inch and he wasn't looking and he went straight into it and he went uh ass over tea kettle like <laughs> over the top of the bar oh no but he looked back at me and i said what's up and he goes i'm fine mm-hmm. me going the biggest like oh thank god because this was going to be this was going to be an absolute meltdown <laughs> i'm very proud of myself for not reacting to it little kids are made out of rubber it's fine they are and i am made out of basically ash at this point <laughs> ash we're just, and glass we're just, we're just like brittle oh, yeah. um just just incredibly brittle right now it's, it's a lot of fun i yes. am rapidly a, a, advancing towards being brittle so fair i'm, exci- I'm excited for you <laughs> just wait till you get to the point like well i i might as well take some tylenol today I feel like I'm going to be hurting. Get ahead of it. I'll take the Tylenol in advance. Just, just go right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Like, oh, this is, I'm definitely going to be sore by doing this. And before you even start doing it, you're like, oh, I'm just going to take a Tylenol in advance. Why not? 
Tylenol preemptive. It's it's when you start it's when you start taking ibuprofen and someone asks you for how many and you just sort of put your hand out. You go, whatever fills this hand up. That's how much ibuprofen I'll be taking today. To be fair, I have been there, but that is a virtue of biology. Well, very (laughs) true. Yes. Uh, I want to I want to start talking about the check stop drama. (laughs) Somebody tweeted somebody tweeted like what what the hell is the check stop? And why is every Texan acting like their firstborn baby died? Because it's a huge deal. <laughs> this is huge. Look, so, I, I, again, I am not a native Texan. I, I've been to this place once. Uh, I mean, I don't share the same, like, oh, my God, it's a huge deal. But I get why you guys think it's a huge deal. It yes. is. I, yeah. I know nothing about this. I like have the, is this the place that like somebody ran their car into it? Yeah. So, okay. So in, in the city of West comma, Texas. Yes. It <laughs> is not in West Texas. It's actually just South of DFW. Uh, of course. Of course. It is a place where uh, Czech and Moravian immigrants came to in Texas and they are known for their kolaches. A kolache is a little piece of sweet dough filled with a, a little piece of heaven. A little piece of heaven. Yes. It's filled with like usually a sweet fruit filling, like blueberries or lemon or whatever. Traditionally, prune and poppy seed are the traditional ones, but most people don't do that anymore. I and had a, a sausage one at Bucky's in Georgia on the way back from the Peach Bowl. That is the extent go. of my experience with kolaches, but it was good. I enjoyed it. So, so the, the kolaches that they sell are not those kinds of kolaches. Well, they they sell those too. Those are those are technically called either kovashnik or sausage rolls. Okay, but. A kolache usually is like a little like fruit thing. Okay. And they're delicious. And they, they sell them in this town. They're known for this. And the place that's right on the highway that most people go to is called the Check Stop. And it has been there for God knows how long. Last night, someone fucking threw, drew, drove their car through it. <laughs> and not just a little bit. That car was all the way in the fucking store. It was yeah, in yeah. line for kolaches. Yes. <laughs> It, it, it cut uh, one thing that in my my normal job, just looking at the back of the car. Yeah. And I, I noticed that there were paper tags on the car and I'm like, ah, all right. That that makes a lot of sense to me. Just in my line of work, when you see paper tags, stay away from that driver. Uh, <laughs> just just a, a rule of thumb. You see paper tags. It's a new car. You're like, okay, they just bought a new car. I'm like, well, think about why they could have just bought a new car. Because they probably just totaled okay. another one. Okay. <laughs> I never considered that. that. Yeah, I never think thought about, about that. that. Think about it. When you see those paper tags, think about that. Uh, especially when you see paper tags on, like, not a newer vehicle. Yeah. Like, you see, like, paper tags on, like, a, a, a 2008 Nissan Altima. Run. Hmm. Get away. <laughs> Get out of play. Hmm. Just go away. Just just a word of advice from my normal job. I'll just say that. This has me curious about like, because the only time, like paper, ta- I very rarely see paper tags. I briefly had paper tags because I bought my car in Maryland. And yeah, so maybe. it was a whole, like the car that I had at the time, it was a whole thing to get it like registered in PA and all of that. So I had like temporarily, temporary Maryland tags. I don't think I've ever seen paper Pennsylvania tags. So like- so, so- yeah, huh. some states some states allow you to have just basically take the plate off your old car mm-hmm. and then just transfer. Oh wow! No, That's not every state. Not every state does that. No, not every state does that. Hey, you guys want to guess what's on the Maryland license plate? I'm, I'm gonna say the Maryland flag. 
You'd be right. Yeah. Okay. It's with the Maryland crab. fucking flag. Mm-hmm. With a crab? No crab. Is there a crab? Okay. No crab. No crab. Is there a version with a crab on it? I, I would and imagine so. How about a crab painted as the Maryland flag? I mean, that's that's everywhere. Like, you can oh, find those. Yeah, that's, that's a sticker on every car in the state of Maryland, unless they're from Allegheny or Garrett County, Maryland, in which case it's a bear that's painted like the American flag or like the Maryland flag. Because okay. um, those are the parts of of Maryland that are basically West Virginia. So uh, in the in the Discord, I dropped a picture of what the check stop looks like usually not in its totaled form. <laughs> and then I will post a picture also of what it looks like in its totaled form. Kamish, can we bevel that license plate? Okay, I'll get working on it. Uh, that The Maryland crab flag. Oh, it's right. great. With no it's, number. It's, no number. Well, I mean... <laughs> I think it's a vanity plate, so yeah, I have yeah, I Van- vanity's a strong word for that. Hey man, that's that's Maryland flag pride. I'm not gonna knock it. I think it's I think it's really cool, honestly, just to say um that they really love this flag with would it's just like like okay, y'all really love this flag and, and we're just I'm just gonna take their word for it. I mean you live in a state where everyone loves the flag too. Like people have Texas flag on all their shit. It's yeah. I, like I've never like I grew up in Louisiana, and, and like yeah we got a flag, but like I, I never see it like hanging off of like businesses no, or anything like it, that because it has a pelican on it. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, shout out to the the brown pelican, the state bird. But you know, <laughs> yeah, just in Texas here, it's weird. Like they, I, I'm walking my kid to school in the morning. And they put up the American flag, and then right after, there goes the Texas flag. I'm like, okay. Gang, and he says the Texas Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Yes, apparently. Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to thee, Texas, one state under God, one and indivisible. Yes. We say it every day here at schools. Doesn't Texas have a constitutional right to split into five Texases if it wants to? Something like that. But it's claim okay okay. But, but the claim is one and indivisible, yes. Yeah, but, oh, you, hence okay. the irony, yes. You see the irony in this. Okay. I have so many questions. I do wish oh, yeah. Pennsylvania had a flag that was not the state seal on a bedsheet, but at least yeah. ours has horses on it. The horses are cool. It does. Dear God, that beveled flag plate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the rivers are attacking me. Whatever. Are those rivers or roads? Those rivers. Is... Jesus. <laughs> I, I, no, I think that was our first okay. ever bevel while on the podcast. There we go. <laughs> You've gotten so good at it. You can do it on the fly. I love it. Live Seriously, on I've, I mean, I, I practiced one day and it's just, it's just amazing. So people were saying about the Kalachi thing that there's, so there's another place guys that's on the South side of the highway. The check stops on the go heading North, yeah. but then on the South side, there's a place called Slovacheks, which was opened by Texas A&M alums. And it's the big com- competition. Mm-hmm. So then conspiracy theories have already started floating. Oh. This was a hit by Slovacheks. You have yourselves a sort of Pat's Geno situation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But then the real hipsters know that if you get off the highway and go into town, the best kolaches are on the square. This you is go, also very Pat's Geno's. You got to go into town for the best kolaches. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so when this happened, it sort of erupted. Everyone was, every Texan I know was freaking out that this happened because this is very much, if you go between San Antonio, Austin and Dallas, you stop here. This is the place you stop. There's a Sonic so right there. There's it's the, the, oh, it's the Bucky's uh, of Kalachis. It's the yeah. Kalachi Bucky. Yeah. yeah. 
because because you have to to get to the i think the closest bucky's past that is in temple so you can oh. get your soda in temple that's and a, then no, you that's, can go to, hmm? that's a horrible exit temple is like just a mess. oh you have to make that it's a fucking weird no, like no, over and yeah oh, it's just brutal yes yeah <laughs> But yeah, Bad so, highway interchanges. Let's let's talk about those. Oh, I, I got a double dive. <laughs> I, I they just opened a new one near me that has two. It's it, it's a road that goes over the highway, and on each side there are two traffic circles. Ugh. So you have to go. You have to take, take the half a circle, go over the highway, take another half circle. It is. We're, we're all gonna die. Why? I don't know. I don't know. The thing that got me the one time I was briefly in Texas and I was only in Houston was like, why all the over, why are all of the overpasses so tall? They're all so tall for no reason. Because you usually have to go over five other roads. Yeah, no, I get that. But like that happens here too. And they're not all that tall for no reason. I I have some friends who have like kind of fears of heights and there are certain interchanges they avoid in North Texas. Yeah. Because some of them go very high. And if you're thinking about it, it's, Oh no, thank you. The other thing I wanted to talk, well, some other things I want to talk about. First off, I mentioned last week, what I want to do is I want to just look at some, some FCS non-conference schedules. I want to see what FBS teams people are playing. So first <laughs> off, I looked at the pioneer league guys, the pioneer league, you know, they don't play FBS schools. Good for them. Good for that. That's very pioneering. It's very pioneering. Uh, they're also non-scholarship, which is one of the reasons they do this. Yeah. Very smart of them by not doing this. And this is the same with the Ivy. They don't do it, right? No, they no. don't do it either. Uh, I think Yale played Army a couple years ago, but that was a, a one-off thing. Okay. Uh, I posted in the show, the show notes the schedules. I'll read it out loud. We can talk about how we feel about these. We have Central Connecticut State is playing Kent State this year. That's their home game on their Ride to Hell tour. Duquesne, we got to talk about what you're doing. <laughs> Duquesne is at West Virginia and at Coastal Carolina. The Dukes are getting a paycheck. I hope yeah. it's good. Yeah. Well, didn't didn't Duquesne go to Hawaii last year? Yes. They did. Yeah. So, I mean, like, now they, they go to West Virginia. What's, it's, not, it's not that far away. They that, also played at Florida State last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That was sad. That, that was. That's so, they, they're, they're taking their money there. Yeah. And then Our, they're going to Coastal. Coastal's not, so, Coastal's not great right now. <laughs> these are all these are all these are all the like a hundred point things on your fcs uh on your fcs uh upset, upset draft. draft oh yeah yes. yeah for sure uh, liu our beloved sharks going to ohio and to baylor merrimack at umass sacred heart at yukon st francis u at western michigan stonehill who's still transitioning into fcs did not take it to not take an fbs team and wagner is at navy and rutgers Wagner, our beloved Wagner Seahawks, who won their right. first game this past year in 30 games or 20 games, something, some insane number. That was a really good game, too. It was great. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was a Friday night, LAU versus Wagner, the, the crazy Wagner lady screaming and the the <laughs> overly loud, come on, Wagner, let's go. Let's go, like, coach. Yeah, let's, let's go. Come on, watch coach. the tight end. Watch the tight end. Watch him. <laughs> It was great. I mean, the stadium only holds like 3,000. I don't even know how many people were there, but we could identify voices in the crowd. That was awesome to watch. So I, I think of these, Duquesne definitely has the hardest schedule. West Virginia and Coastal Carolina, that is definitely a tough draw for a non-conference. Yeah, well, and their other non-con game is at Delaware, which like... Oh, God. It's a, oh, little, hey. it's a little tough. There we go. Ouch. Wearing a Delaware shirt, because of course I am. Go Blue Hens. Oh, Blue Hens. 
2024 looks more reasonable. As of right now, Duquesne has at Toledo and at Youngstown State, which might also just mean that they haven't scheduled their big bye game yet. But, you know, we can hold out hope. Wagner always seems to play Rutgers every year. I think they played them last year, too. They're right across the water from them. Seriously. It's just right there. Let's go. We'll play Rutgers, and then they'll play Navy, uh, which, I mean, it's not too bad. It's... It could be worse. I'll say that. Uh, speaking of Youngstown State, someone pointed something out to me today. Let me see, make sure I'm right about this. Youngstown State baseball had a day today, guys. Uh, the final score was Kent State 22, Youngstown State 1. Oh, no. Was that baseball? Yeah, it was baseball. Ouch. Oh, no. Youngstown State had a day. I'm trying to figure out the worst I've ever lost in baseball in high school. I think we lost one like 30 to 3 or something. It was It was brutal. Um, and yeah, it was just one of those where like, I remember like my stats and everybody was just, I'm like, I, I can't pitch for you guys. I was three for four with like two RBIs. Like what, what is our battles going on? Why, why did we lose 33? I'm like, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Me? <laughs> I wasn't pitching. <laughs> Baseball like golf never gets better. It just, it refuses to end. And if you're bad at it, it's just takes more time. I hate was, those sports so much. It was, I don't even think we got, I don't think there was like a 10 run rule where we are in high school, but I think it, like they hit us with like a 14 spot in one inning and that was the <laughs> longest inning of my life. It was ridiculous. Just the fucking Casey Jones uh, gif of like the, the baseball players conga lining across the diamond. And, and that's what it felt like. Um, I mean, it's just like, I, I couldn't do anything. I'm playing first base. I'm like, there's. I mean, you're walking everybody. <laughs> it was it was an absolute mess. So Youngstown State, I, I feel you. I understand what you went through. God. Before we get into sort of our highlights of today, the XFL, I didn't realize this until someone pointed it out. The Seattle, the, sorry, the Seattle, St. Louis Seattlehawks <laughs> are playing their first home game in week four. I'm just imagining the Seattle Hawks. The Seattle Hawks? I like just that. The Seattle Hawks, like one word, Seattle Hawks. The Seattle anyway, Hawks. Anyway, continue. But yes, um, they're playing yeah. their first home game in week four. And this is the team that has theoretically the most fans. Like this is like St. Louis Battlehawks. This has been a thing that they've been very excited about in XFL 2.0. They went all in on this because they just lost the Rams hmm. and they're really big into this. And for some reason, I don't know if it was a scheduling conflict or whatever, but the Battlehawks are not home till week four. Hmm. Yeah. Yet Vegas has had two home games at that fucking stadium. Once again, the craw, the, the, the stick in my craw that I keep bringing back, how much I fucking hate that Vegas stadium. My money would have been on the defenders having the most fans because DC people like football. DC people also really do not like owner of the formerly Washington football team. And so apparently in St. Louis, it's the same thing. They oh, like yeah. football, but they hate uh, Stan Kroenke. Yes, Stan Kroenke. Yeah. Oh, breaking news: the XFL has an, has updated its partnership with the Walt Disney Company in ESPN, the exclusive broadcast partner of the XFL. Uh, three games that were current were previously scheduled to be on on like FX are now going to be on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN two. So there you go. Cool. This thing. So they they asked the numbers. They're getting like five hundred thousand people per game to watch i feel like that's okay i don't know that's 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 some that's some g5 sunbelt action i guess you would say maybe maybe a little bit more than that that's not bad at all um i hope the league 
is 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 gonna just keep going. Same with the USFL. I like the leagues going just to give these other players like chances to play and, and potentially make the NFL. If it turns out to be like a minor league football system, which is it'd be great. I think that I'd work out for the NFL, which I think the XFL is trying to do. And I don't know if the USFL is going to do the same thing or they're trying to do the same thing, but I think it works. The weird schedule thing I completely understand too, because San Antonio hosted their first game at home and then, and they don't have another home game until uh, week five, I think. And that's at like 9 PM on a Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. Late night, San Antonio, uh, sleepy Sunday night, San Antonio. Let's go to the, the Brahma's game, which, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods the other day, and I saw they had like a little small stand of XFL gear. Yeah, it was like buy buy a Brahma's hoodie for fifty five dollars. The hat the hat was like it was like a trucker hat for like thirty five. I was like, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. I was, I was like, just a little bit too much. Maybe if it was like twenty, I I could have got, gathered one, but like thirty five just. I mean, the tickets are twenty four bucks each, so it's like. You know, you have me buy a hat for more than the price of a ticket. So I don't, I don't know. I got a feeling that if you just wait a little bit longer, oh, it'll you'll, you will have some, we'll call it vintage XFL gear at that point. Oh, sure. <laughs> it'll, it'll be on sale. It will be on sale. Pit girl, are you going to go, going to go hard for the Pittsburgh Maulers this year? Maulers, I'm currently right. looking for Pittsburgh Maulers merch. There we go. <laughs> I have well, since they switched their color scheme over. Yeah, right. So, yes, I have decided that if I'm going to get into any of these football leagues as a bit, it's going to be the USFL and I'm going to be a Maulers fan. We'll see how long that sticks. That's okay. You know, the nice thing about bits is that they can be they can be funny for a little bit and then you can just drop them and mm-hmm. no one ever notices. <laughs> Kamish has a new 39 part series I think we're calling it since you found 39 teams. <laughs> I don't know if we'll do 39 parts. You're going to no, no, like, it's done. You're doing 39. Okay. This is a 39 part series now. 39 oh, okay. for 39, but also 39 this is our 50 States project. We're definitely going to get past Illinois. This is a reoccurring series where we highlight the best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. We got to get a so snappier they, title. This title, this title doesn't work. We got to workshop this. Okay. So, I mean, I just threw that in there, but basically it's a, it's a series where we highlight the best season of all time for like, basically i guess like teams that have not historically been successful so we could say that or we could just say like the uh you know the the magic moment of the the poor teams or i have no idea but we'll definitely workshop that because um i'm tired and 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 i need sleep so uh my my mind is not firing on all cylinders but the the thing is now actually is that now that we've like set this in stone i'm absolutely going to just keep calling it this Okay, I'll come perfect. up. I'll come up with a logo that's just we, uh, overly long with all this and a little can jingle. We, can we do like you know, like an abbreviation where it's like R S W H B S of all time? Yep, exactly right. <laughs> exactly what we're gonna do. Okay, perfect. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, we we can do that. Do you want to put in some interesting music here? I something? will no, put in I'll some do. interesting music. <laughs> Maybe I'll make a little jingle. Maybe I'll sing the jingle. Oh, can you sing? Yes. Not great. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm in. Holy shit. That's insulting. Time out. I'm insulted. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I'm a music teacher. What do you think I do? I was going to say, you don't, you don't really graduate with a music degree without being able to sing like a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I feel like. With my, my biggest problem, honestly, is that 
as as many people have commented, my voice is pitched a little higher than most guys. Okay. And so, but I don't really have a good range. So I'm not this like bravoso tenor. I'm actually just a very shitty baritone with a very narrow range. It's not great. Okay. And I can't so grow have... a be- I can't grow a beard, so I can't even be an operatic baritone. Okay. So you're in that that weird thing where you may be able to do the the Wee Woman way from in the jungle for the in the mighty jungle. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. Okay. All right. My, my, so when my mom and I sing together, okay. she actually has a deeper voice than I do. My mom usually sings a, like the contra alto slash baritone, like the bass part, and I go above the, her. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Okay. Amazing. It's a beautiful voice. Lots of sorry, sorry lots for of, insulting you. I didn't, lots of I didn't lots know of lots wanted. of yes, ma'ams going through drive-throughs. Just just so you guys get that one. <laughs> When I edit the podcast, I edit it at like 1.85 speed or two speed. And sometimes if it's if it's Beth, Pit Girl, and me on at the same time, I can't always tell who's talking because at that speed at that speed, we all sort of sound the same. Yeah, I can see that how that would happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, go for it. All right, let, uh, did we already do the intro music or we're we gonna do it now? No, I'll put it in there. Don't okay. worry. All right, we'll sing it. Yeah. You wanna sing that? We no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so wait, I'll come with something good. So the, the first team that I, I wanted to explore in this series is actually going to be the 1960 New Mexico State Aggies. This team is incredibly interesting, and I actually came across them when I was doing the research for the Border Conference. This was basically the last year that the Border Conference was intact. And so Arizona went to play, went to be independent the year after this occurred. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to say that, you know, Arizona was scared of New Mexico State because they were too good at the time. And that's why they wanted to disband the conference. So there you go. we can say that Las Cruces, hold your head up here. You're, you're the reason you scared off Arizona, the Wildcats. They, they were scared of you in, in this magical, this magical team. Um, they have a book about them. It's called Magic in the Desert. The undefeated 1960 New Mexico State football team. Do you have this um, book? No, uh, I, I don't. Christmas so, gift. Okay. You're going to put that on my list for Christmas gift for you. It, perfect. Uh, they, I think Amazon only had it like in used condition. So, I mean, I don't, I don't care if it's used or, or not. You, but You mean to it, tell me that a book about 1960 New Mexico State football is out of print? Yeah, it yes. might not, you know, it might not have, might not be in print. Doesn't seem to be uh, at the top of the mind of, of, you know, everybody, I know they won the quick lane bowl, you know, but you know, that's why it's hard to find a copy. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's mm-hmm. run, running at this. Jerry kill got about six copies of that for Christmas. Yes, mm-hmm. he did. <laughs> Magic in the desert, the 2022 quick lane bowl champions. Magic in the desert yeah. sounds like some sort of weird ass retreat where you could take peyote and sit in a sweat lodge. Yes. I, I think of that song. I can't remember. Like you can do magic. <laughs> and I, got, I don't, don't even know this one, but you keep going, I don't even man. Know that song. You keep going, buddy. I have no idea. You can <laughs> do magic. What, yeah, I, don't, I don't know where you're going with this. Oh, that's by that's by America. Okay, all right. Amer- who's America? It's a horse with no name band. Yeah, I think I think so. Okay, is, <laughs> I'm on like their Spotify. Radio. Yes, the horse with no name. Okay, okay. Like, you can do magic. Yes, all right. So that that's the song. You can put that song in there if you want to. I will. You can Um, you can do magic and then just think about the New Mexico State 1960 football team. So let's set the scene for New Mexico State. You know, historically, they have not been great throughout their history. Um, You know, recent history, 
fantastic out of nowhere season they had this year. You know, typically these teams that we're going to preview, like their history is not great. It's it's one where I've just they just went through so many different losing seasons. But when they have a special season such like this, Magic. it's like one of those that they they hold in like incredible high regard and, and really never forget. And then have books written about them called Magic in the Desert. Magic. Um, <laughs> So in 1938, New Mexico State joined the Border Conference. And until 1959, it only had one season, one winning season in the Border Conference in 21 years of that conference. So, again, imagine toiling through 21 years in a conference where, you know, you have one winning season, which being a fan of, of, of ULM such as myself, I, I can definitely empathize with something like this and, and visualize that. So the New Mexico State University president named Dr. Roger Corbett decided that enough was enough. He was on the staff at Maryland when Curly Bird hired Jim Tatum to revitalize the Terps. And Corbett is a man who likes football and believes that it plays an important part of college life. So in 1958, he went out and hired this gentleman by the name of Warren Brooks Woodson to coach New Mexico State. Now, this gentleman, Mr. Warren Brooks Woodson, is an incredible character. Um, I've linked some stuff into the, the doc. You can read it, but I'll just give you a brief history. He, he's a college football Hall of Famer, so I, I'm just going to let you know that. He was a football, basketball, and baseball coach. They all are. His history. Every fucking time we go to one of these old guys, it's always like, oh, yeah, they were the football coach and the basketball coach and the baseball coach, and they taught, like, English. And they were the yes. athletic director, too. Yeah, usually in the AD, too. So now he wasn't the basketball coach at New Mexico State or the baseball coach. He was a baseball coach previously at the Arkansas State Teachers, which is, I believe, now Arkansas State University. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's Central Arkansas. I apologize. The Sugar Bears. No, <laughs> that's the ladies' team. Um, he was also the basketball coach at Hardin-Simmons. Wait, is Sugar Bear a, Sugar Bear's a cereal mascot, right? Isn't that Sugar Bear? We literally talked That's, about this. We just talked on about Sunday. that last podcast. No, but we talked Central about Arkansas. But, oh, I, I knew that. But like, is there is there a cereal mascot called the Sugar Bear? Is is that the one for like Golden Crisp? Maybe googling. Okay. I'm probably yeah. going to regret googling this. Can't get enough of that Golden Crisp. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It used to be right. called Post. <laughs> it used to be called Post, post. Super Sugar Crisp. Sure. Perfect. There we go. Uh, I think it's. <laughs> but oh. yes. The things that we lead. So this gentleman was a head coach of football, basketball, and baseball. Also, he was an athletic director. Yep, there you go. At the same time. So he was the AD at Hardin-Simmons. He, he was one of being the athletic director and the head coach at New Mexico State, too, at the same time. Uh, after his time at New Mexico State, he was the AD and the coach of Trinity University, which I believe is also in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. His his record overall in college football was uh, 203 94 and 14. So fantastic record. It's kind of strange. You know, you go to New Mexico state and it's not a historically winning place. Somehow he converts it to a winning place in his time there. So he was there from 1958 to 1967. Did you see where he was um, before that? Yes. They poached him. They poached him from Arizona. They poached him from Arizona in conference poaching. The border conference was fucking brutal. The Hatch Green Chili's just called to him. Yeah. Smelled good. Just roasted him at the border and just waved it over. <laughs> right. So there was some poaching there, which, you know, again, that's that's on the president of New Mexico State here. 
the fun thing about his career, I, I give you the college football record. Uh, he was six one and one in bowl games, right? He was the head coach of Harden Simmons, who actually played in three bowl games in one single year. <laughs> what? <laughs> he went two zero and one in those three bowl games. Hell yeah! Yeah, so I have him listed here, December eleventh. So just imagine, like you know, you have your conference championship, and then you have like one bowl. A week later, another bowl, and maybe like two weeks later, you have another bowl game. <laughs> so he's head coach at Harden Simmons, and he played in the Great Bowl in Lodi, California. He tied Pacific 35-35. The game ended up 35-35. That had to be an insane game. Then a week later, uh, he went to the War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock. So he went from California to Little Rock and playing in the Shrine Bowl against Washita Baptist. They won that game. 40 to 12, and then 12 days later after that, in something called McNaspy Stadium uh, in Lafayette, <laughs> Louisiana, it is the Camellia Bowl I, versus Wichita. I believe Wichita or uh, Wichita Wait, whoa, State. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Camellia Bowl? I thought that was like a something that was invented in the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I don't think it's the same bowl, but it was, no, it was the Camellia Bowl, which is the only time that they played. Oh, yeah, only there in 1948, McNaspy Stadium is ULL's former stadium. Uh, From that Camellia Bowls game summary page, by the way, the Harden Simmons Cowboys outrush and simply overman the Shockers, the Wichita Shockers. Now known as Wichita State. Beating them soundly 49 to 12, the bowl was never played again due to low attendance. (laughs) 5,000 people in Lafayette. The funny thing about Harden Simmons that year, too, is they got to the bowl game, right? And they were... Basically, like four, four, uh, and one. I think <laughs> it was just like they got a bowl game. And I'm oh, sorry, that wasn't right. They were four, two, and, and one, and they finished six, two, and three for the year. <laughs> it was just, so just ridiculous. Bizarre. God. Which, again, Harden Simmons, you think about that. They were in the border conference also. Oh, my the God. They time. were, weren't they? Holy yes, shit. They were. So he's, he's all over the border conference. This gentleman is, it, there's, there's an article I linked in here from like uh, Sports Illustrated Vault. The quotes about this gentleman are, are absolutely insane and just hilarious. So I, I threw in a couple there. Uh, I'm going I'm to read one of the quotes. It says, yet no one ever accused Warren Woodson of turning out either a poor football team or an uninteresting one. His quarterbacks, <laughs> his quarterbacks have firm it's instructions to pass at least 20 times a game, at least seven times in the first quarter. Another quote here said, he will try almost anything once. And we'll try it again if it, if it succeeds. These words are hilarious. I love this. Despite his horny handedness. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know. It's from a 1960s Sports Illustrated. All right. Uh, Woodson, Woodson's players respect him for his honesty and knowledge and skill and never ending search for perfection. They got a quote from one of his players. About him, it says, I don't know how a man can sound that mean without cussing. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. This guy, I love him is, so much. this guy has like like embryonic Mike Leach energy. Yeah, it, it seems that way. Throwing, it, throwing I, 20 I, times a game in, game in like that year, that's basically Mike Leach. That's basically Air Raid. Well, and talking shit and saying weird things, also yes, Mike Leach. Definitely. They described what he looked like. In, in the Sports Illustrated article, they said that he resembles a moderately successful insurance salesman on the verge of retirement. 
<laughs> I dropped a picture in the drop picture in the Discord. I I mean he does. He's like mm-hmm. he's he's got one more one more policy to sell. <laughs> to sell or whatever sale. What is wrong with me? I'm tired, yes. <laughs> they, they they quoted uh his weakness as a coach. It says Woodson has one weakness as a coach. Defense bores him. This is really Mike Leach. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Mike Leach. Seriously. Like I wonder if Leach ever like like connected with Warren Woodson at some point in time, which would be hilarious, or maybe he was inspired by him. It, it's nuts. This feels like the kind of person that Mike Leach would have found like in books somewhere and found the playbook and just, you know. Just like, let's go and let's make this here. The one weakness he has a coach is defense bores him. But they said, however, when he came to Mexico State, he conceded that some defense might be necessary. (laughs) Change, okay. He changed it a little bit. Crazy, crazy. So his time at New Mexico State, he did something like basically unheard of at the time. So four consecutive years, uh, New Mexico State won the NCAA rushing title. The running back that had the title uh, was Purvis Atkins in 1959. Great name. Um, and then in 1961 and 1962, an even better name, a running back by the name of Preacher Pilot. Yes. <laughs> the running back for the 1960 season where New Mexico State went undefeated in 11-0 and here was Bob Gators was the running back. He was the number one overall AFL pick. He was also a second-round pick in the NFL. Uh, Gators uh, helped lead the Aggies during their undefeated season in 1960, and he also claimed the collegiate national championships in rushing and scoring. So just imagine, like, the type of points that this team was putting up. So it's kind uh, of like an unheard of. To interrupt you for a moment, by the way, Preacher Pilot, shout out, uh, apparently among one of the first black football players that New Mexico State ever had. Yep. Hell yeah, we love to see it. And way earlier than a lot of SEC schools. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. So New Mexico State was 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 one to to adopt that early too, uh, from what I can tell in their history. Yeah, I don't have the exact dates, but yeah, he was. I mean, he back to back rushing and scoring leader was Preacher Pilot in 1961 and 1962. This is this crazy, insane rushing tack that you know Mr. Warren Woodson would be running. It's 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 absolutely insane. So I wanted to break down. New Mexico t- State's schedule a little bit. Yeah. Now, we know that they finished 11-0. and 0. You know, the first game that they played... I love this. ...was against... I know this. ...Pumas of Mexico. <laughs> yes. So, like, a college football team out of Mexico was their first game of the season. A very good team, mind you. Like, we, like, yes. like you can get Ducky to talk about this. Ducky will talk to you about this. Yeah. So, they, they beat Pumas 41 nothing. Just, like, obliterated them in, in the first game of the season. They took on Tulsa after that, and they beat Tulsa 38-18. Then they, they took uh, on Trinity 45-0, shut them out. The I don't think there was an Interstate 25 back then. Maybe. I don't know. But they went to New Mexico and took it to New Mexico 34-0. Yeah. They then defeated McMurray. They won 47-17. Uh, then after that, they went to Wichita. and I'm sorry, Wichita came to Las Cruces. They beat them 40-8. to their closest game of the year, uh, they were at Tempe uh, against Arizona State, who was ranked. I'm sorry, they were finally ranked at this they time. Ranked. They beat Arizona State 27-24 in a close game. And that was when the uh, Sports Illustrated article was written after that. As soon as they won that game, they got a little bit more national recognition. So the the article in the Sports Illustrated came after that win of Arizona State. They went at West Texas State. They beat them 35-13. 
And then they went at Harden Simmons. They beat them 40 to 3. And then at Texas Western, which is UTEP. Uh, I'm sorry, back home in Las Cruces, they won 27 17. They got the Sun Bowl bid uh, and they defeated Utah State 20 to 13. So they they rattled off just like a ton of points. I mean, it's just amazing to see a team hit 40 points one, two, three, four, five times in a it's season. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it's especially in the 1960s. It's it's nuts. The funny part about this for me is they finished undefeated. They won their bowl game and they finished ranked 17th. They went like, down. Like yes, they went down. I don't understand how they went down. Like they got to a height of 15th. And then they they went backwards. It doesn't make any sense, AP poll. I'm sorry, they got a high, height of 14. I apologize. Yeah. But they went down. I'm like, hmm. I, I, I didn't understand it. I mean, I assume it's some sort of like 1960s era G5 effect. Yeah, I assume so. Trying to find the full final poll. So funny, 1960 was the only year New Mexico State has ever been ranked in the AP poll. Hmm. And the last time they were ever ranked in the AP poll. Yale was ranked in the final AP poll in 1960. What the hell? We let these things happen as a country. Yeah, we did. Kansas finished ranked that year. Minnesota won the national championship that year. Or they, well, they finished first in the final AP poll, so I assume that counts. Sure. Was there only a top 20 at the time? There wasn't It appears that there right? was only 20 because Syracuse is, is last. And Rice, it, it tied for- Rice dropped out. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely insane. strange time. Love it. Very strange. So this was just a team that was nuts. I wanted to shout out their quarterback to Charlie Johnson, the quarterback, Charlie Johnson. He won the bowl MVP honors both years, becoming the first and still only player in NCAA history to win the MVP award from the same bowl game in back-to-back years. So in the Sun Bowl, 1959 Sun Bowl, which they won, uh, and the 1960 Sun Bowl. So he's still the only NCAA player uh, in history to be the MVP of the same bowl game in back-to-back years, which is, it's it's pretty insane to think about that has never happened. Um, yeah. It, it feels like one of those, like, Archie Griffin records, like he's only won the Heisman back-to-back years. It only happened once. Yeah, so I would, I would not necessarily, like, equate the two things mm-hmm. uh, with Charlie Johnson, but he won the, the bowl <laughs> MVP honors, like, in the same bowl, it's it's nuts. Like, just imagine going to the same bowl twice and then being the MVP twice, which almost impossible to try to duplicate nowadays. Yeah. Didn't Florida and Florida and Iowa get stuck with each other in the same bowl two years in a row? I think so, but like, I mean, like recently, Iowa and Kentucky just did it in two different bowl games. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize. By the way, this is the Sun Bowl before the Sun Bowl. Yes, mm-hmm. this is the Sun Bowl, not in the Sun Bowl, the physical building. Yeah, so I dropped a picture of the Sun Bowl, and the stadium behind it actually is the old field. Hmm. Yep. And so you can see Kid Field behind it in El Paso. It's still there. They use it for other things, apparently. But yes. Uh, track, I assume, given that it yeah, has it a is, track. It is the, one of the only track-only complexes in the country. Hmm. Oregon yeah, and UTEP. Track schools. <laughs> That's right. Gotta run. Oh, one more thing about Charlie Johnson. Um, he's the only person in uh, New Mexico state history to have his jersey number retired. He was a quarterback with the number 33. Never seen that before. <laughs> That's weird. Number A quarterback, number 33. Sure. Let's just do it. 33. 
Uh, by the we way, need another quarterback with a weird number. We we don't have that anymore. We need more weird numbered quarterbacks. <laughs> it's it's just an absolute craziness. So I mean, just weird to go over uh, a season like this Magic. to happen like that, and then like after that, what occurred? Like he was still successful as a head coach with New Mexico State. They just never went to another bowl game. I mean, you know, sixty one. There were five, four, and one. Then they had four and six, three and six. Um, after the border conference broke up in 62, they had a little bit uh, more trouble, but they didn't have any bowl tie-ins like they had with the Sun Bowl. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 65, they finished 8-2, and 7-3, and 7-2-1. and one. They just never got invited to another bowl game until 2017, which... Um, I remember you know, that. You think Arizona about, Bowl, yeah, I remember that. When you think about a team that has a lot of woes in their history, just like some magical season like this just really stands out and and that's what's kind of interesting to us where it comes out of nowhere and then like how did that happen like can you ever make that happen again and you just really it's just almost incredibly impossible to try to duplicate something like this i'm looking at that list of 39 teams that you talked about and there are some going to be some fun ones in here (laughs) definitely so i mean if you want to follow along uh basically you can go to winsipedia uh, and then click on the little thing that says all-time record and start looking at the 92nd team all the way down to the 131st team. You know, basically anybody that is below 500 overall in their history, we'll just start doing these at random. And then some of these, like, you know, they're no longer FBS, um, which I see Idaho is in there for some odd reason, but uh, we'll, we'll probably get to you at some point, Idaho, uh, and, and go through your history. But Really, it's it's just something that we wanted to highlight the crazy seasons. Like I know Tulane's down there, yeah. and you really you could probably just highlight last year for Tulane if you really want. Hell, you know, SM, SMU is down there. Yes, like, it's I, crazy. How is SMU under five hundred full? Like, well, I, I mean, wonder. I wonder how much of that is the result of having gotten death penalty. Yeah, uh, that may be like that. That that next twenty years was kind of rough for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely until like June Jones brought them back. My beloved Bryce Owls are down there. That doesn't surprise me though. (laughs) (laughs) But definitely. uh, So we're going to highlight some teams where, you know, we'll go over their magical seasons. I I mean, there's a whole bunch of different teams down here. You know, Colorado State, uh, UConn, Akron will be a fun one to look at. Definitely. Because that's going to be an incredibly interesting one to look at their history. Just looking at that, you know, Akron had a fantastic season in 1894. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they were 1-0, and and that was their whole year. <laughs> they play? <laughs> I don't even know, man. Their coach was John W. Heisman, so I feel like they were cheating. Okay. There yeah. you go. <laughs> God. Our, our good friend over at Football, football Archaeology posted something today about a rule change and early college football where a at some point they decided, yes. Do you want to know? Well, number one, I will give you several guesses to guess what Akron's name was in nineteen eighty in or eighteen ninety four because it was not Akron. Uh, wasn't like the Ohio Normal School for Boys or something? No, I, I had to look it up, but oh what my god! Yeah, it was it was uh, Book Booktel College, Booktel College. Okay, um, but the better part is their one win was over Ohio State. <laughs> Beautiful. Shout out 1894 Akron. Way to go. <laughs> or I'm sorry, Bookle. 
book i'm gonna look at this up is there like a logo of Bokdo college or something there is the if you it redirects to akron yeah i gotta we gotta we gotta like dig down a 12-6 a game at the ohio state fair god bless <laughs> second year head coach john heisman john heisman spent at least two years at akron he spent exactly two years at heisman at there but he bookended that in 1892 at Oberlin, 1894 at Oberlin. Beautiful. I said, like one of our, our good friend of football archaeology posted something today about in, in 19, with the introduction of end zones in 1912, players could catch the ball in the end zone while incomplete passes in the end zone remain touchbacks. Like that's just what they did. So if you didn't catch the ball in the end zone, it was a touchback for the other team. Hmm. That's awesome. So if you... Th- if you threw, threw it to the end zone, if you threw, threw it to the end zone, and your no, receiver wait, missed it, through what year? This was uh, nineteen. It's through nineteen thirty four. What? In nineteen thirty four, they they loosened things up by allowing one incomplete pass in the end zone per series. The second incomplete pass in the end zone was ruled a touchback. <laughs> Four years later, in eight in nineteen thirty eight, the rule changed to so only an incompletion on the fourth down was a touchback. Sure. <laughs> So I mean, is it is it like a touchback? Like the defense gets the ball. Yes. Back? Yep. <laughs> like, exactly like what you, you think fumbled, it is. Like you fumbled right through the end zone. You threw an incomplete pass. It counted as a fumble right through the end zone. Exactly what it was. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> I can't imagine that nowadays. Just imagine, like, just oh my god. I kind of don't hate going for it on fourth down and it ending up being an incompletion turns into a touchback. I don't hate that. You hate that? I don't. My my favorite part is just in my mind, like the 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 really like risk averse averse coaches with this rule, and they throw like a fade ball that <laughs> incomplete, and then it's still a fade pattern, and then oh no, it's a touchback for the other team. Oh my god! Oh man, I wish we had some video of something like this happening. That's that hey, XFL, this, you want to test out some new rules for us? Yeah, hey, yeah, there's supposed to be the the what is it the laboratory of football. I mean, I, that, I have like nuts. a mild hot take on this, and that is that I think we should use bowl games for this in the same way that like the NIT and the CBI get used for it in college basketball. Yep. Like the bowl games that are not determining the national championship, test out new rules. Mm-hmm. At least like put <laughs> one new rule in to, to test it out. That'd be cool. Also from our friend at Football Archaeology, because this one made me laugh as well. He has a great series he's going through where he talks about the original 1876 football rules, each one of them. And rule number 19 described Mullins, M-A-U-L-I-N-S, and how they related to a ball carrier's attempt to score a touchdown. In short, a mall-in, which was a mall occurring behind the goal line, was the effort by the defense to keep the ball carrier from touching the ball to the ground while also trying to steal the ball from the ball carrier or force him back across the goal line. Because touchdowns originally are what you think they are. You had to touch the ball down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And so if you could catch the ball carrier and prevent him, you could take it from him. <laughs> I'm picturing oh. just like, just like we're all just going to pick the ball carrier up and put him down somewhere else. So only the players touching the ball with their hands when it crosses the goal line can participate in the mall in. And players that lose touch with the ball during the mall in are barred from further participation. How do you officiate? I have so many questions. Presumably, most Mullins were brief, but Emma's Alonzo Stagg described a Mullin he witnessed it as a Yale freshman that took 15 minutes to resolve. Oh, I believe that because you can't, like, how, it's like officiating who's at the bottom of a pile on a fumble. You can't. 
Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm just picturing the refs from like when they had the interim refs for that that, that uh. I think it was like Packers Seahawks game yeah, where yeah. one of them signaled touchdown, the other one signaled incomplete or interception or whatever. And that happening for like a mall. <laughs> it's I like, hey, he's, you weren't touching the ball. Go away. And there was definitely no instant replay. Uh, but like how <laughs> just a bunch of just a bunch of dudes in like handlebar mustaches and white pants standing there I going, like- Oh no. I feel like they just make this stuff up as they go, man. This is nuts. This Vibes is which, only. Yeah, it, it just seems like it was just a bunch of random, weird rules that like, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. It's like, next year, no. All right, no, we can't do that anymore. That was stupid. Uh, <laughs> I love this stuff, man. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Oh, it's it's great. and And it's wonderful because the little bits you have – that we do that do come through are just amazing and shocking and uh, yeah wonderful well i believe it's time for basketball 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 uh hey pit girl where did pit end up in the acc i actually don't know we oh we talked about this on Sunday. Um, Pitt is the five seed. They play the oh, winner that's right. yeah. of Georgia Tech, Florida State, which is Georgia Tech. So uh, hopefully I don't have to eat my words, but I do feel better about Pitt's matchup with Georgia Tech than I do if they would have played Florida State. Even given that Florida State's best rebounder is reportedly out with an ankle industry injury that I think was sustained during the game today. I was very busy at work today and have seen like five minutes of Twitter all day, and that's it. So unknown. That's enough. Um, but yeah, so uh, Pitt tips off at 2.30 tomorrow, and we'll see how unhinged I am. I want to discuss these jackets that you uncovered for Pitt. Oh, this was not even an uncovered thing. I have walked oh. past <laughs> one of those on display at the like Pitt shop on Forbes recently. They're great. Um, I also have seen those on like the exact type of guy that you would expect to be wearing them in the wild at the basketball game I was at a couple weeks ago. For, for the listeners, I, since, since podcasting is a visual medium, mm-hmm. uh, imagine the top half of a NASCAR driver's fire suit with pit things all over it instead of, you know, Budweiser, DuPont, insert sponsor of your choice. And you have a very good idea of what these jackets look like. And there are three different ones, including one that, and this is my favorite one, that is a listing and tribute to Pitt's nine national championships. I the dream of the '90s is alive in Pittsburgh, so here we are. I was going to joke the 1890s, but no, it was all the 1915s. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No. no I this... mean, we know the 1890s were Akron's time to shine. That was a right. buckle. Buckle. The buckle zips. Were they the buckle zips or? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's crazy. No, I these really jackets are like buckle zips. Seriously. Okay, back like, then I don't know if they knew what a kangaroo was. Okay, I can't. I'm not sure that anyone in 1896 ever seen a kangaroo. Are you kidding me? Somebody was boxing one of those kangaroos in like New York City in, in 1896, some somewhere. Yeah, but in 1896, New York City from Akron, that might as well have been another country. Oh, <laughs> hey, the the snap was invented while John Heisman was at Buckdoll. There we go. Oh. I love finding out like, oh, they invented the snap. Oh, they invented, you know, not gouging someone in the eyes. They invented not punching someone in the nuts. 
Uh, Kamesh, I got some bad news for you. It looks like your beloved New Orleans privateers just lost. No. Northwestern State got them. Oh, the demons. They got them. So we we have a couple more teams to celebrate that have done very well in their, whatchamacallit, their conferences. Conference tournaments. Oh, my God. Conference tournaments. Thank you. Now I want one of those candy bars. We have just happened Gonzaga won the West Coast Conference. I can't believe that. They beat St. Mary's that. in the final. It's big, actually big. Seven, 77 to 51. It was an ass beating. I'm they, shocked. They beat that ass. Today we also have, scroll, 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 Merrimack. Let's talk about Merrimack real fast. Merrimack won the regular season for the NEC. They won the NEC conference. They have oh, no yeah. postseason because yeah. they hate fun. National champions. National champions. Yep. Honestly, hang the banner. Mm-hmm. You earned it. Do it. Northern Kentucky will be representing the Horizon League. They beat Cleveland State. Oh, yep. Got the your Northern Norse. Kentucky jackets. I got it. <laughs> it is the Norse. Our, so it was the Norse versus the Vikings? That's pretty awesome. Oh, uh, love cool. that. That's right. Then we also That's had cool. the CAA. Charleston won. Thank God. Because I didn't want Charleston went 30, 31 and 3 this year. And I was pretty sure that we were going to have to like cross their fingers as a bubble team if they fucked this up. So I'm glad that a 31 and three team just has an easy walk in and I have to worry about this. And then uh, we're not going to talk about the Summit League. Who won that? Yeah, let's let's not. Not going to deal with that. Uh, it was it was Bob Mouth. Oh, whatever. Okay. There was a a social media graphic error that I'm going to claim that that ULM is is actually in the NCAA tournament. Um, I saw so that. ULM the, the official the official March Madness account stated that ULM was automatically qualified. And their ticket was punched in this graphic here. So I, I'm, they need to invite ULM. It doesn't matter yeah, where their no, record. No takesy backsies. They, I would say, yeah, no, this is, is this no take backs? Yeah. No take backs. You made the mistake. ULM is in now. You have to apologize to the Raging Cajuns and say, hey, we made a graphic error. The intern is now fired, but it doesn't matter. ULM is still going in your place. The people re- responsible for firing the intern have also been fired. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> But ULM still gets to go. I don't care if they put ULM in the play-in game, whatever. Let them go to Dayton. Monroe to Dayton is beautiful this time of year. <laughs> I think that's the only time anyone's ever said that. I'm about to say, I think that is, we have, we have a new sentence, and I'm so excited for that. Because no one it's has like, said that before. It's like, that's right. You know, Monroe, Louisiana to, to Dayton, Ohio. It, it's definitely beautiful this time of year. It's yeah, that's definitely a new sentence. Like, I can't even, yeah, yeah. I can't even it's, defend it's, it's it. I was trying to defend it. like 40 degrees and raining. I mean, Monroe is not necessarily picturesque unless you get out of the city a little bit and, and, and check out the, the parks and nature around the city. Like inside the city of Monroe, not necessarily as, as beautiful. You know, the campus is fantastic, though. Uh, campus is, is probably the prettiest place in the city. I'll say from, from what I've seen of it, it looks very nice. I mean, also, to be fair to Ohio, there is a national park in Ohio that everyone forgets about. So, What's the national park in Ohio? Cuyahoga Valley National Park lies along the Cuyahoga River between Cleveland and Akron. Okay. Yeah, it's a thing. The day I learned. I'll drop a link in the chat. The day I learned. The only thing I remember about a national, uh, about a park in, in, in Ohio is is that, that town in like Licking County, Ohio. I think it's like Newark. Newark. Ohio, where it has a giant picnic basket building. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. It. That's where Longburger is based. Yeah, that's it. That's the only thing I can really remember. I think about it. You mentioned a park in Ohio. I think about the giant picnic basket building. 
Can I talk about my favorite Cinderella run right now in all the tournaments? Absolutely. Have you guys seen Northern Arizona? Oh, the Jacks, the Lumberjacks. Northern Arizona is 12 and 22, and they play for the Big Sky final tomorrow. Hell yeah! They were the nine seed. They took down Eastern Eastern Washington, Washington, who had been absolutely on fire all season long. They beat Montana State. Because they don't have a red court. You heard it here first. And so the nine seed... The nine seed Northern Arizona is playing for the final tomorrow night against the the winner of the sorry Weber, oh, Weber State holy Montana shit State I, game. I missaid that Northern Arizona beat Montana I said Montana State and I'm Ooh. about to get I'm gonna have to actually Ooh. edit that out because I'm afraid for my life at this point but yes <laughs> the winner of the Montana State Weber State semifinal that's currently my favorite story because NAU did not have a great year yet they are absolutely tearing through the tournament you just is- have to get hot at the right time. Is there, I think, what, what's the team that's in, I think there's another team that's like Lafayette that is doing the same thing, but I don't know if they play. Uh, like Lafayette College in Pennsylvania? In the Patriot League. Yes. That would be the Patriot League tournament. Okay. I think they were doing the same thing as NAU. Uh, they play number one Colgate tomorrow night in the... They do. The so Lafayette, the Leopards, they're 11-22 and 22 also. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like the most amazing playing game, the NAU versus Lafayette. In the playing game, both going to scenic Dayton, uh, <laughs> you know, you know. Again, I, I'm full disclosure. I'll, I'll just say this: here. My, my my dad's a Dayton alum, so uh, I didn't know I, that. I'll, I'll just give you that. He's one. a flyer. Wow, he's a flyer. So I'm just giving give him some love. Uh, there's like a part of Dayton where they lovingly call it the ghetto. Uh, <laughs> like there's there's like hats where it's like UD. It it just says the ghetto. I'm like, what, is, what the hell is this, Dad? <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. My dad had a nickname too in in, in Dayton. I don't know wh- where he got this nickname, but he was called the Circus Man. So <laughs> I, I I have no idea what that is. But whatever, whatever. He told me he used to drink something called black and white scotch, and he got nicknamed the the Circus Man in in Dayton. So the, I have no idea what's going on in Dayton. Dayton. I don't know. Fun things. It sounds like. It seems like it's a lot of fun. So I just <laughs> while Kamish was talking about that, I like fell down the Patriot League basketball like summary website hole. Mm-hmm. American got to or I'm sorry, Lafayette got to the finals by beating the seven seed American in double overtime on Sunday. Yeah. It seems like it was a real banger of a game. I am biased towards Lafayette because I went to a summer camp on their campus for like four consecutive years. So yeah, go Pards. Hope you win. Championship game is tomorrow at 7.30 on CBSSN. Stay tuned. I just dropped some Ken Palm numbers in there to show you who Northern Arizona's company is. They are about six spots ahead, seven spots ahead of Georgetown. That's right. <laughs> so that, that should give you a feel about how this is going for them. It's amazing. I love things like that. Again, I you know we I am a college football person by nature, but I love conference tournament season more than the tournament almost. Just because conference tournament season is so weird because everyone gets to be in it or almost everyone, so you get the real like weird brackets and weird whatever. Oh, it's great. Yeah, new rule in my opinion also is that like we talk about this a little bit when we talk about the Ivy League tournament, but like put all your teams in the tournament. Yeah, it's lame when you don't. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody gets to go. You need to do this. Yeah. I mean, this is why I, I kind of consider it March Madness, just for the conference tournament action, because really a lot of this time, it's like you get the crazy March Madness vibes from these little tiny, small conferences. Like you can have like a Cinderella run 
just to even get to the tourney. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably won't do anything in the tourney, which I That's mean, fine. Really, who cares? Who cares? But they had that Cinderella magic uh, just to even get there, which is is, is absolutely amazing. It's 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 a lot of fun. Also, I wanted to plug the poll, uh, the Sicko's oh, yeah. uh, college basketball poll, which apparently I I mistakenly set it to send an email every time somebody fills out the poll. Oh, cool. oh no! So so I'm I my my email is getting inundated with all the votes. Like I don't see the results. It just says like, hey, your form has a new response, guess- and it's just like a separate email of, of this. Cool. Let me just see here. Yeah, enjoy that. It's oh, like, so oh, many. So many, so many, so many. Just just tons of it. So inundate my email um, inbox by filling out the the poll. Uh, we'll, we'll close it down on Saturday. We want to um, probably reveal the results maybe Sunday mm-hmm. um, and, you know, get it before the first four in the, the scenic arena of, of Dayton again. I'm just I mean, Sunday is Selection Sunday after all. Mm-hmm. It is. So we're going to make our selections. We're going to do the crazy auto bids just like the conferences. So if you wanted to vote for Lafayette, uh, go pards as as Pit Girl says. Um, you know, pards, hey, pards, pards. Par- they're the leopards. They're the, the leopards. Like, go, go pards is a thing. Okay, but go pards. But it's not. It's not pronounced leopards. It's leopards. No, but it's. It, it, I, I don't know. Pard sounds weird. I've always assumed that it's pronounced pards. Go pards. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> go go, go pards. Uh, I also want to say, it's, how about how about March mania, March <laughs> mental illness, <laughs> March mental disorder. This may not be very useful. Is that is that what you want to call March it? monomania? March unreasonableness. <laughs> you could call it March Mashugas. March mindlessness? March malarkey. March yes. malarkey. Oh. March malarkey. March malarkey. I like this. <laughs> March malevolence. malevolence. Don't hurt yourself. God, that, that really hurts. <laughs> it really hurt. There's so many. March mood? <laughs> Oh, okay. We're just going to read the thesaurus at this point? No, I'm, just... I'm trying to find things that are at least alliterative. March mental illness? But I okay. like March, March <laughs> mental illness. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Anyways, anything else, folks? No, I really don't have anything else. Um, I'm just, just, y'all just, good thoughts for me, and, and hopefully I get some sort of sleep this evening. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoy being back. You know, the Substack was was up. It's great. Vote in the poll uh, and enjoy the Substack. Again, just tweet at us random stuff and requests. We may do like a frequently asked questions point um, at this point. It's like, hey, you know, I don't understand the sicko stuff or whatever. Or why do you bevel everything? You know, maybe we'll do one of those. And if you send us some good questions, we'll do a form or something like that. And March Malady. I do like the idea of future mailbag episode. I do. I feel like we need a sicko's mailbag just to clear the air. Cause I mean, we just hit 88,000 followers. And again, oh. this account, this account was meant for like inside jokes of like, maybe like 20 of us maximum. So March, March maladjustment. Yes. Which, sta- which football stadiums are we bigger than now? I don't know. How, how big? I'm okay. looking. All right. He said 88,000. We are approximately the same size as Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Next on the list is the Rose Bowl. Oh, shit. Oh, 
Wow. Yeah, capacity so at just... Glen Griffin is 88,548. So okay, so we're, we're not at the swamp yet. Very We're close. almost there. So we, we just passed Jordan Hare. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Take that, Auburn. Yo. March simple-mindedness. March mononucleosis. <laughs> March mono. March, just... March mono is a good excuse to have to stay home and watch March Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Okay, I'll stop this now. <laughs> oh, man, keep going. I ran out of things. Uh, I think March, Mal- March Malady does feel like something you'd go to a doctor to go see. Like, oh, I have March Malady. It sounds like something that you would go see a psychologist for like back in the 1920s. I have March <laughs> Malady. March Maladaptiveness? <laughs> we'll workshop it. Yeah, I, we, we heard it. <laughs> is that not what we were already doing? <laughs> this like is more it. of a free association. <laughs> okay, guys, we will talk to you on Sunday again.